Hello, and welcome to Podmart, um, an imaginary um, supermarket chain store. <laughs> uh, welcome to our store. Uh, we've got a special on um, poorly thought out intro bits today, 20% off. <laughs> Uh, we've got clearance on some fantastic references to things that were on TV 15 years ago for, no, for nobody. Um, uh, with a handsome uh, display in our deli of um, quaint British um, euphemisms. My name's David. <laughs> well done, Dave. I was surprisingly good uh, from you. <laughs> totally on the fly. I was like, I vaguely thought about it. I was like, I can't think of anything funny. I'll just go with it. Maybe just gonna, I'm just going to I'm just going to start talking and see what happens. And it worked out. The most surprising, okay. the most surprising thing when it was actually funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is surprising, Joe. <laughs> so I'm constantly surprised if I say something funny, but yes. obviously not constantly. Occasionally, okay, occasionally, <laughs> seldom. Uh, my name's Sam, and, and something will stick. <laughs> my name's Sam, and I don't usually wear eyeliner. Sharpie occasionally. <laughs> um, and I'm Joe, and I know the difference between a stool softener and a laxative. <laughs> that was a, that was a long way, Joe. Explain that, Joe, because because I I don't. <laughs> hey, well, what one makes scientist? whatever's inside mushy; the other doesn't leave anything inside. I think is the overall That's pretty much it. Yeah, they both not have the same effect. I, I, I don't uh, one know. one has a more violent effect than the other. <laughs> As we uh, as we learned on that one fateful night, Joe, which we will <laughs> not talk about anymore. Uh, well, welcome this to this podcast this where week. we. No, I'm doing it, Dave, because you're too slow. Welcome I'm to the podcast it. where we talk about the first episode of a TV show and then ramble about the rest of the series. And today we're doing. You're proud of that, Champ? You're proud of that? I'm proud of it. I feel good. We're doing Superstore. We're Superstore, a 2015 what we were even doing. Uh, That's impressive. sitcom. Um, yes. Now we're going to start off at in time on a tradition. Uh, we, I'm going to delay Sam's reading of the uh, the plot summary because I mean the, the name really gives gives it away. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, have we seen this before? I know I've seen it. Obviously. Um, I'm, 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 I think I recommended two hands on those facts. I think I recommended this to you. You did. And watched one episode and then never watched it anymore. I was like, yeah, this is funny. And then was like, but not enough for me to care. I've, I've not seen this before. I've heard of it. Again, you definitely recommended this, Sam. It, it's kind of like The Office in a supermarket, basically. Is how it's I a workplace yeah. sitcom, it. isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's The Office in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of parallels between this and The Office. Uh, the US Office, we should say. Um, it's a lot more upbeat than the UK office, despite the fact it's set in a supermarket, which is like hell itself. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's one of the things we can we can talk about it. So, uh, yes, uh, IMDb's description fairly sparse today. Here's a look at the lives of employees at a big box store, and you know it's one of those shows where you mentioned the office Joe, and it's because workplace comedies are like pretty bankable tv shows aren't aren't they mm-hmm. we also obviously, really easy to write <laughs> easy to write pretty cheap to make you you rely on the experience of working in retail and use that as a as a as a starting point we've had obviously the office is like the one that kicked maybe it didn't kick it off but certainly the one i think popularized it and then the us office even more so with Parks and Rec is another one that comes to mind in terms of that same like vein. This isn't though, interestingly, a mockumentary um, like The Office is, like Parks and Rec is, even like Modern Family. You know, they they've got these 
the camera is like a is like he's like a live person and some and then they oddly try and bring the camera people in and it doesn't work at all it's just dreadful and why are you doing that office it's awful but this isn't that so this is a bit more traditional um on on the on the end of how it's shot but it is very much following the same like it's look it's the shouting it's the it's the new guy and it's the grumpy person and it's like there's kenneth except he's the manager like all of these it it takes like everyday occurrences in like work situations and takes them to the extreme it makes them you know like yeah. hilarious basically that's, that's workplace sitcoms yeah. um, by and large, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I'm interested to talk about this episode specifically because of obviously I've watched all of this, so um, I have hot takes, uh, lukewarm takes, cold takes. It's this series is finished, so this is this is seven years old. That's the deli but counter you're back on again, isn't it? <laughs> I do want to. I know that I am at. You are right, Sam. I am. I'm on the deli counter. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that we aren't American for just one second, just in case anyone was confused about. We're not. We're oh, not. So, like, a big box store is, in my experience, I mean, it's different now with, like, Costco being everywhere. When we were kids, the only, like, big box store, I suppose, would be, like, Macro in Leeds, which is, like, a big, big box store. Mm -hmm. Like, you can go and buy stuff in bulk and electrics Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's more like a cash and carry type situation, whereas we don't tend to get, we certainly didn't tend to get, like, you know, we don't have the Walmart equivalent, or we do now, but we didn't have... You didn't 20 years even, ago you didn't even really see like the big you know like now you get tesco extras or whatever you know like the asda equivalent and stuff which are big supermarkets effectively you didn't even really get those 20 years ago we went down market and the yeah. fishmongers you just got like a, a, you just got a regular tesco's um <laughs> just like, a regular size just, tesco's. just a regular we bought, tesco's we bought mussels and liver and we <laughs> ate them all on trap <laughs> it was it was it was delicious and it cost us half penny and we use the rest to buy a house. Uh, it's it's a quaint time. The, 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 the I've worked in Curry's, which is like a like a, what's the an American equivalent? Retailer? It's, it's yeah, an, it's like a, a store. store. It's an yeah. appliance store. Yeah, yeah like and so that's washing machines, TVs. That is the biggest thing about that. And I worked there over. Um, I have worked in other retail as well, but that all in smaller shops. But the Curry's was the one where it was very much like. They're, this is the look. It's the funny guy. Hey, hey, funny guy. Hey, you're funny. Tell us a joke, funny guy. You know he's the one who killed himself at the end of season two. Narrator, funny guy wasn't that funny. <laughs> no, he ended up being a Nancy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and so like there's lots of um, there's lots of the, the, the cast of characters of my life was 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 quite funny. But what I think this show kind of gets at is the mundanity the mundanity of working in retail especially when you're like one of a thousand you you're not that, we used to spend a lot of time just like walking around because you're like trying to sell washing machines to old yeah. ladies and stuff you know and you think this is a washing machine this is another washing machine she says it perfect didn't she the one who's like ramona slash amy like she sort of says that like Yesterday was the same. Today will be the same as yesterday, like which was the same as the day before. Um, yeah, like, it's all just the that's, same. That's the biggest thing for me about like because I've worked here, I worked in retail for years. In fact, in what I suppose you would term a department store in America, mm-hmm. um, with you know like clothing and food and like houseware type things. Uh, <coughs> Marks and Spencer's. Uh, just to, just to name drop my uh, 
previous corporate overlord. Uh, and that is the overriding memory. And I know, you, obviously, Joe, you work for a different uh, evil corporate overlord. Well, I've already mentioned uh, but, Tesco's. Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, so now we've uh, named and shamed all of these evil corporations that all, you know, work you till you're dead. Um, but the biggest thing about the reason I no longer work in retail, they pay you nothing for it. <laughs> <laughs> Although, sidebar, minimum wage when I started working in a shop was about £5.10. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Wow, if you were, great!" If you were <laughs> yeah. under, if you were under eighteen, I think it was like four ninety or four seventy or something. <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty, that. pretty sure like... when I started at Tesco's, it was something like four eighty five or something like that an hour. Yeah. Welcome anyway, to all that's people a, cast. That's as a sidebar. But the biggest reason I don't work in retail anymore, and I'm sure, sure this is for you, you for the same for you, Joe. Many, is many actually, reasons. Many reasons, but the overriding thing, like any job that you want, are desperate to get out of, is when you like blink and a year has gone past and you're like, nothing stands out to me in the last twelve months. Like nothing has been different, nothing has changed. Yeah. I haven't done anything new, and like, and all the people are the same as well. And I don't mean to like malign people who work in supermarkets. You know, very hardworking, industrious individuals. I'm sure. But go on. But. But like, there's a thing about retail where it's it's a somewhat comfortable job. It's not massively challenging. The hours are pretty bad, but you get in this country at least like statutory holidays and all of that. So like, it's really easy to just like work in a supermarket and then like that's fine. That's just your job, and you get enough money to live on, and mm-hmm. you just work there for forty years. <laughs> twenty years. Twenty years later, you just stood there. And, and this this show you know kind of captures that. Maybe not this episode as such. Yeah. But like there's definitely like a theme, the Amy character we see in this episode. Um so so the the two main characters are Jonah, who's the new start, new hire, and Amy who's um, one of the supervisors, I think. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amy played uh, by America Ferrera of Ugly That's right, yeah. Betty Femme and Ben Feldman, who I don't know anything about, plays Jonah. Uh, J- just just before we move on though, because I think there is something we've lost about like working in retail is kind of sin like a dead end job, and that's because it is like that's how it's treated by employers, and it's how it's treated by customers. You know, you, yeah, you, you're working in retail. Like when I was at Tesco's and things, you were treated like something people stood in, like yeah. because they think you you are like there because you're stupid. Even though, uh-huh. like you know, ninety percent of the people who were there, it was you know, like myself, I was a student, so it was a job to see me through university, give me some money to go out and like. But yeah. there's nothing wrong. Um, there's nothing wrong if 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 employers actually valued mm-hmm. like and paid people. That what they're worth and not just scrounging them out of every single penny that's possible then actually working in retail would be really good and it would be like you could build a career here you could progress you become a manager blah 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 whatever you want and you could retire on a nice mm-hmm. pension obviously that, was, that, that world does other, exist yeah that was the other you know that like there's a lot of people who had done the kind of career and you know they were approaching retirement and they needed some money just to kind of see them through they didn't want the stressful job because anymore. of the crushing reality of capitalism you know, 40 they could years afford, they could of afford to carrying people out of burning buildings yeah. will not pay for you to live in retirement yeah so you know they were coming up to retirement and needed something to kind of see them through that wasn't stressful and things mm-hmm. so they took a job or it was kind of stay-at-home parents that sort of thing not people who like yeah. too stupid to find something else but there's definitely that kind of that's how people were treated and, and are treated and this this episode of Superstore Pilot, so I've watched maybe one or maybe two or three episodes of this, really, but I haven't I haven't gone into it um, in any detail. And I think if we had come on to this, and, and sometimes we've done this in the past with our pilot episodes of 
oh yeah, like we've watched one episode of this and we're just going to completely trash it. And even actually after three episodes, it might end up being really good. But we'd never know that. Luckily, we you have watched more of this, Dave. But for me, the first episode was like, wow, we're just sponsored by Walmart? Like, <laughs> it look was. at this. Look at these lovely... Look at this lovely place to work full of friendly people all having fun. It's like, mm, no, no, these quite, people uh, are can I just say crushed. Quite, quite diverse as well. You know, quite a yes. diverse staff. They, they, in reality, they are crushed and oppressed by a horrible system that doesn't let them take fucking piss breaks. You know, like, the, this is this is the actual... So I, I did feel when I was watching this pilot of, of like, wow, this is sanitized. This is... This is the nice and, clean face of American retail. And and it is. This pilot definitely is. And it's yeah. interesting to like, uh, we talk about the development of TV quite a lot. And it's interesting that I think that this episode kind of nails some of the characters. A lot of the characters are kind of like, you know, very similar to the characters they will become. Uh, we can get to that more and we'll talk about the plot a bit more. Not massively, I think, because it's not massively interesting, the plot of this, of this first episode. Um, but like what changes perhaps is like you said the perception of this store mm-hmm. we keep saying Walmart but this was actually filmed in a Kmart Kmart yeah which I'm given to understand is like the cheap version of Walmart is it? or something so is it like the, the version of Aldi is that is that what we're saying that kind of thing mm-hmm. I don't know Joe I don't think we have like an equivalent store because like I think it's like how, how did it work I wonder in terms of like you know, how, how, did they just take over a Walmart, uh, a Kmart? For- yeah, this first, the pilot episode was filmed in a Kmart that they basically like at night, um, and they basically like would you know set up like minute, you know they would block things off and so this this first episode isn't a set when they're in the supermarket. It's it's an actual like Kmart that they've some they must have just paid to lease it like but overnight on weekends or wherever, um, and then when the series. Like this, obviously, been the pilot episode. Uh, the series was picked up. They, they then filmed it on sets. I mean, it doesn't massive not change massively, but there is like a sense of space in this episode that you maybe don't get in later episodes because, you know, it's not a set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this but, is a big, like, warehouse full of electronic goods. Yeah, and 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 does it? Because I think what we were talking about previously was like how actually this episode, uh, the, this TV series, does start to become a little bit more critical of like the horrible corporate i'm reading here that you know based in chicago does not offer paid maternity leave health insurance or paid overtime employees may take one bathroom break per shift and are at 15 minutes for lunch like so does it become a little bit more um polemical there's a a word i went to university for there are so they do explore some things there's a big like running theme about um Unions. They, uh, one of the character Jonah. The so Jonah's uh, the main character, sort of. Uh, him and Amy kind of, kind of comprise the main characters, uh, and he's like a college dropout, kind of like upper middle class, uh, left wing. Um, you know, he's also, he's that. You know, he's the he's the audience analog um, in in a certain respect of like, and so he tries to get the rest of the staff to form a union, and that's like a big running plot, and it's interesting because of all the backlash, and the company tries to fire them all. And then the company tries to just close the store because they're talking about unionizing, Jeez. and like so. And it's maybe not, but it's not necessarily like existing to take those shots. But it certainly doesn't shy away from taking them later on. Uh, there's another plot line about uh, one of the characters is pregnant. Uh, she's on maternity leave. She gets paid for about four days, and then she has to be back at work. Uh, that same character, I think, later on in the series, 
they go to like a, a rival store. It's like an invented one, like Target or something, but it's mm-hmm. not Target. Uh, and she's working there as well. And they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, well, I've got a young child, so I can't really afford to live on like one job. And like again, it's played for laughs, but the, the, it does sort of creep in. Jesus, yeah, exactly. And there's like, and there's, um, there's stuff about like you know co- the corporate aspect of they'll come in and do like diversity training and things, and it's a bit poking fun at how silly that is. You know, loss prevention. There's a few episodes about that uh, that are quite funny, um, and sort of generally there were a few shots taken like I said it could be maybe worse but certainly it doesn't stick on what the theme of this first episode is which is kind of like this personal drama this personal sort of like comedic drama set inside of a, a you know a big box store it kind of goes away from that to being like actually let's maybe make this a bit sillier and like maybe poke some poke some fun at the existence of this and they talk about you talked about the wages and the bathroom breaks and the horrible conditions and the complete lack of of um you know paid leave of any variety um there's a great plot line about ice as well immigration uh, raid the store and it's like oh well america's an absolute hellscape yeah yeah that and that's the overriding theme isn't it as you watch this but i do think this is quite funny like it's very middle of the road it's very you know we're not like you can tell it's a uh, network show as opposed to something that was plopped onto Netflix and then abandoned but so you know the, it, it's it's kind of going for something that's everyone could enjoy this type of thing but then there is a little bit of an edge and I think what you're saying is that as the show progresses we get a bit more of that edge and and I, and I, I do think that's a little bit of a mistake in this first episode because I think it does come across as being quite kind of like just just driving right through the middle and not really edging out whereas think about the first episode of um the uh u.s office and it's like we are really really going for it on on all fronts we are we are showing we are we are showing exactly what is what is happening here and we're going to really demonstrate how awful um uh, the, uh, the the Michael Scott is, and all of yeah. the horrible shit that's going to happen, and it kind of, so you kind of like expectation setting. It's I maybe I would classify it as like the term like The Office or even Parts and Rec. They old Modern Family, like they kind of like took a theme certainly, but then you know really owned it and sort of like took it forward and maybe like forwarded the genre, like you know strove forward with that sort of idea. Um, you know, reform, refining the art in a certain respect, whereas this show maybe is guilty of just sort of like existing in the wake of the shows it owes mm-hmm. its genre to. Mm-hmm. And not that's a bad thing, I certainly think it picks up and then tails off rapidly, but like there are some really <laughs> excellent bits of this season. Uh, like as a sidebar, uh, because COVID is, you know, looming, there's a season of this that got delayed, so they de- delayed filming it because of COVID. And then when the season came out, like it's about working in retail during the pandemic and wow. actually get that off my fucking TV. Probably, but there's because probably some good storylines in that though. Like they can probably There are some, some interesting stuff they do yeah. and they're talking a lot about like, you know, people refusing to wear masks yes. and like staying safe and actually 
why aren't we frontline workers when we have to go to work <laughs> or they won't pay us, you know? Like, and we can't work from home. And there's a certain, like, you know, there was some commentary there. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm living through this. I don't need to also be seeing on the television. Like, I'm not the sort of person who enjoys, like, do you know what I mean? I don't really want to see a really depressing, harrowing yeah. look at TV's things that like are happening right now. Yeah, it's an escape from that sort of a thing, isn't it? You know, there, there's I, another I've binge watched all of um, Star Trek to get away from um, COVID. Yeah. So I want Cold War drama. I want like James Bond blowing up the Kremlin. I don't want people being people nuked. In a That's what I want. I want the th- wearing imminent. masks. I mean, walking maybe, around maybe depressed that's a little bit because I'm literally seeing that every day. Yeah. yeah. There's another example, which is this is us, which is. Just one of the most depressing. Shows one of the I've most ever. depressing shows I've ever seen. Nicola, Nicola watches it, and my sister has been was watching it, and I was like, "How do sake. you watch this? It is just, it is just so dark, so bleak, so harrowing." And then they introduce COVID halfway through, you know, the last two years of like, well, I have to wear a mask all the time, and I haven't seen my dead, my my family is dying and I can't it's like wow why would anyone want to watch this and I completely agree with you and actually what's encouraging is that other than a couple examples most TV shows and movies movies especially because also they don't want to date themselves you know unless we're doing like a historical film you know in 10 or 20 years we're not I I don't want to see masks I don't I just don't want to see I don't want to have to be fucking thinking about washing my hands like the harrow it's harrowing enough and I think maybe the escapism is where we're at now that also brings us to the other point of like workplace um, comedies the paper fact the paper company kind of works because it's a bit ridiculous like an entire company that just sells paper and later on in the office, you know, Ryan's like, we're going to sell printers. We're going to sell computer. Like, we become an office supply company. And when, you know, when they're not doing any of that, they are flipping through, you know, what chair am I going to buy in magazines? Yeah. Like, they just sell different types of paper, which is, <laughs> which was funny in 2005. And now just feels like, you, well, that's too, that's too much. That's over the top. And yet, this isn't kind of going for it's a little bit more grounded because you've got like the realities of the american retail trauma that that we've mentioned already so i do think that there's something about maybe your concept for your show just being a little bit more zany than it than you would otherwise think actually helps to like sell it whereas the first episode of this and this is just talking about functioning as a pilot and this was you know this would have been like a proper pilot as opposed to the Netflix one, as we've said, is that you do end up going, you you kind of think you know what you're going to expect from this and you think that it's going to be like, you know, well, they do have this, the, the shooter at the end, which is kind of like funny and a little bit more edgy, but you think, oh, look, you know, he's mis- he's mislabeled the, the, the prices and now everything, yeah, kind of, I would expect 20, that to happen. It could be, yeah. ultimately, this episode could be like, and I don't think the rest of the series suffers as much from this, but like the hot fact that it's in a supermarket is kind of really background. It it could be a nightclub, it could be a bar, it could be an office selling paper, and like ultimately, most of the plot could remain the same. Yes, you know, if they were all lifeguards at a swimming pool, ultimately, like, do you know what I mean? The actual story that's happening within this episode is not going to be much yeah, different. The, yeah, it's it's a framing device. The, like the store's almost like if just a framing and device. It, it, 
but it fixes that in my opinion later on where it kind of leans into it um i don't remember there being loads in this episode but there's a really good thing they do in the series in general and, and it's a shame ross is not because uh, he's seen it as well um is they have these like cutaway like not gags exactly but they are sort of gags they'll have like cutaway gags to like customers doing things like none of the main characters will be on the screen but the customers will be like there's one where you know a child is taking a poo in a you know, <laughs> sat on a on a show toilet like you know and and there's another one where someone's opening all these bottles of like shampoo and just squirting them on the floor but like quietly and sort of like put themselves and there's loads of stuff like that where it cuts away to like the customers who aren't you know characters doing things and you, you're like and those are the moments of like reality where you're like if you've worked in retail or with you know in customer service generally like that psychotic nature of people generally is just so like it feels so real and that's like a moment of like obviously somebody making this has worked in retail i mean they're all actors so of course they've all worked in retail and in bars and all the customer service but like and that really comes through in like there's there's a lot of humor to be had there um I'm trying to think of another like uh, supermarket based um, like sitcom. Mm. Supermarket based sitcom. Or like retail based sitcom. Trolleyed on the British one on Sky. <laughs> That's about as far as my brain. It's like a bawdy 1950s comedy. <laughs> no, I think it was like maybe mid 2000s. But, but yeah, the definitely- 1950s comedy, Open All Hours. That's a retail. There you go. Previous episode. Previous episode, episode. Yeah. Previous episode, um, yeah. I think I think it maybe just goes back to that thing of mentioned earlier, like that there's there there is there is comedy to be found there, but maybe that's just like a little bit harder to find. Let's talk about the cast a little bit. Um, America Ferrera, I think, is very very good. I think without her, you probably don't get this show off the ground. Mm-hmm. And well, she's the star, really. She's the star, she, like and Ugly Betty, um, which I don't know if you've ever seen Ugly Betty, but that is a very uh, very bits of. It's a very, we talked very about toxic masculinity before on other episodes, and obviously that aired when we were teenagers. And I was like, "Well, obviously that's not for men." A show with a woman? Good lord! Like you have it- a woman show, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nice anyway, you couldn't watch it. that for fear of being viciously beaten by your peers. Exactly, but actually, what do you mean you watch a girl show? That's <laughs> it. Actually, it's a really, really fun show. It's like tack sharp writing. It's a workplace show as well because it's set in a bit more niche, a fashion magazine. But what they do and what the, I think this, this episode needs and maybe the whole season, you know, you can be a judge, is we need to ratchet up the, the, the zaniness. We need to make it more zany. We need to make it more... And I think it is trying to do that and maybe it's just a problem with the pilot that it's just a little bit too safe. It's leaning too much on the... I mean, you see the writing on the wall on the romance between uh, America Ferrara and the man who yes. is that guy. Yes, ben. and just yes, and, and that's fine. And I think it actually is like a charming plot throughout throughout this because I think they've got good chemistry generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this first episode's leaning way too much on that, especially towards the end of it. You're like, I was like, this they, is really full on they, for they, the first yeah, episode. They smack of you in the TV face program. with it thirty seconds in basically yeah. like and then there's also i think what's the the other woman in this who like has a crush on him and like thinks he likes her but obviously you know he's into amy um there's the other female character isn't there uh laura laura fox no uh what's her name that's the character name is fox 
Uh, I don't know. The, the, the assistant manager. Yeah, is it Lauren Ash? Is that her? Yeah, yeah the one who's a, bit, who's a bit like going home. Dina yeah. Fox. It's, yeah. She's Dwight. She's Dwight from The Office. Like, she is. Yes, real character yes. There we go. This. There we go. Yeah, assistant yeah. to, yeah. And she, she obviously, the regional manager. You know, she obviously has a thing for um, for Ben, who obviously has a thing for Amy. And, yeah. So how does that resolve then? How does that resolve? Do, do they just like America Ferrera and the other guy, do they start, uh, are they romantic or what's the, spoil me. Spoilers. Eventually, spoilers for Superstore. Eventually, yeah, they do get together. Um, but like, as it turns out at the end of the episode, because they're all about, oh, you can't even have to wear jewellery in store. She's married and has a child. Um, and like, so the it's funny actually, because I kind of, then the series plays it this way, that Jonah's a bit younger than she is. Actually, having looked at it, like uh, the actors are, there's about four years between the guy who's playing Jonah and... Um, Ferreira mm-hmm. um, he's older um, but like I think just jeans and you know the way that they're playing this anyway so they eventually get together which is fine um, the Ash uh, her character is more like they kind of go into her being like oh Jonah like she thinks Jonah's in love with her she's not necessarily interested in him mm-hmm. she just thinks that like he likes her yeah, and it takes a while to kind of resolve that, but it's more of like a she's too obtuse to realise that he's not into her, but she's just mm-hmm. obviously decided that he is, and he's too awkward to make it clear. And they get laughs out of that. Uh, I think her character, Ash's character, um, is really good because they kind of like start her off as this very Dwight from the office. You know, she shoots mm-hmm. a shotgun into the air. You know, she's threatening people. She's tackling, you know, shoplifters and all of that. And like they kind of go from that and make her into a character. Um, which is interesting, um, you know, in a testament to the TV show. Uh, Colton Dunn plays Garrett, the guy in a wheelchair as well, and um, he's kind of like the other main character that we get in this episode, who isn't really a main character in this episode. Yeah, there's also the he's doing um, like there's like a he's doing the start, narration. There's a new start rival as well, isn't there? Oh, Mateo, uh, Nico Santos. Does he come back? Uh, yeah, hit. Yeah, so like the main cast is quite big. So you've got the manager, who's you know silly, bumbly. Uh, you've got Cheyenne and Bo, uh, the young people who are having a baby. Uh, they're the sidebar. They tr- they tried to get a spin off with those two characters. Good Christ. Um, it did got it, what, in like two thousand two when there was nothing else on. Oh no no no! Right now <laughs> in the modern world with like. But guys guys, it didn't get picked up. But they there is a pilot out there somewhere. I think they filmed the someone. Pilot. Someone has thought far too long about what would you? What's even the appeal there? Like there's n- there's nothing, is there? It's so it's a fa- you have a family sitcom like with characters that you. It's the whole point of a spin off. Click. There we go. I know, I know, I know. Um, but there was a reason because these characters were popular, and like ultimately, like I said, I only watched this last year. I think I watched all of it in one big go, so I wasn't watching it when it aired. But like, it's a big ensemble cast mostly. We focus usually on 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 the two main leads, but like, it's a big ensemble cast, you know, with week to week plot lines in a silly atmosphere, and they make lots of silly jokes, and it's kind of amusing, mostly amusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the uh, critics said. It's 64% on Rotten Tomatoes from the first season. And a lot of people, interestingly, mirroring what I what I was saying, because I'm a fucking genius, um, that the first the first half of the season, kind of a bit poor and like, well, yeah, all right, you know, not poor, but just 
just not landing where it needs to be and then that improves as we go up and then the subsequent seasons all have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes granted with less critics um, looking at it. You find that with quite a few though it like, takes a season or so to like you know like Parks and Rec again we've mentioned it but like Parks and Rec the first season or two of Parks and Rec is pretty poor. Yeah even it's, The it's Office fine, but like it really you know like season three is when Parks and Rec really kind of is it Mark mm. when when Mark is it Mark leaves um, yeah um, like once well, he goes, it's all gravy. But um, well, it's the show finding its feet, isn't it? And like you've established these characters, and you, you they introduce more in Superstore that we don't see in this episode, like of like secondary and tertiary characters. But much like Parks and Rec and The Office do, uh, the U.S. Office is an interesting one because I would argue that the U.S. Office didn't become the U.S. Office really until they stopped reusing UK Office scripts. Yeah, yeah. I think the Dundies in season two is the first episode. That wasn't adapted from a script from the original, from the UK version, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where you get your first sort of cautious steps into like let's actually build this. Yeah, TV let's, this, let's make what this our own. Let's make this our own. And that's kind of like an, an extended pilot in a certain way. But you are right, Joe. Parks and Rec is very similar. Like yeah. once we move past, we've got these characters and we kind of know what we're doing. And like actually, like let's make some changes. Like um, Andy and. Um, <laughs> What's the face um, in Parts and Rec, Joe? Leslie. When they decide that actually, oh, no, they're not, Leslie, not being the a couple. One. Yeah, um, uh, Anne. And who? Who? <laughs> um, when they decide, then, but the, that's an example. When they decide that like, actually them as a couple doesn't work, it limits the, the series, and they, uh-huh. they 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 get rid of that, and you're like, oh, actually, then these characters can breathe a bit. That's a great like development thing, and this series does that as well uh, with introducing and chopping and changing characters, and The Office mm-hmm. does it as well. And it's just like a quite a natural way to, you know, what do people like? What is going to make a more interesting, funnier series? You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. flanderizing right. characters as well. Like taking a character's one trait and then, you know, taking that to the nth degree is a very fun way of like having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting we keep coming back to the office because um, you mentioned there like that 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 point where actually the writing staff and that core team of, of of office writers started to really kind of find their feet and actually justin um spitzer who who wrote this show and um uh, created it was a, a a writer on the office for a long time like from 2007 2012 and and has has got several um sole writing credits so like you you, you can see, and I think it's interesting for American television, American sitcom television, how influential something like that is, and then the long tail of all uh, the 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 kind of how everything's owed to the American Office, and how they needed to create their own identity in a way that kind of British television sitcoms haven't done that in the same way. We don't have like I don't think we can see so clearly that the. the um, the distinction from the office to what we have now because i don't know why maybe there isn't the, the same through line isn't as direct i think no um america maybe it's the right the core writing a lot more a lot more monolithic like obviously other things were on the air when the office was on the air and parts and rec and things like that but there's always like standout stuff whereas in this country because things run for less time usually as well especially sitcoms like it's less standout, less monolithic. It's less yeah. this one show we were all watching for ten years. You know, 
and and they're and all has an effect unless you're a, you know an Oxford graduate you aren't going to be writing for television anytime soon exactly so fuck you fuck that's you, the British system working as are your designed. ancestors descended from Normans no well get the fuck out peasant nope. did you go to a Redbrook University well then go get fucked because you're not writing anywhere near us is how is how we work exactly but it's a, it's like you said Tom, it's a different um uh, um audience and it's a different different um, industry really and the yeah. BBC obviously has a huge skew in the UK mm-hmm. um and Netflix as well like has changed things massively so it's nice to watch a network sitcom um which kind of still follows those like traditional lines where we're not quite on the 10 episodes being dumped in February and then 10 episodes being dumped the following February kind of like rotation with this um it's still kind of like following a lot of the the classic network airing things like i think there's halloween episodes and christmas episodes and all of that not necessarily that's a good thing but like they've still still got all the hallmarks of a network sitcom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really does it's one of those it's one of those um it's one of the shows that i don't think will be particularly like remembered you know, it's not. It's not changing pretty, the world. It's pretty not throwaway, isn't it? Really, it right? is. But, I mean, and, and I've only watched one episode, but it feels pretty throwaway. <laughs> and Joe's ready to cast it to the fire. The second but, this podcast's over, I've already forgotten it. But the the comma in my sentence was, and that's okay. Like it's okay Sorry. for it to be for something to be enjoyable and for it to make people laugh and to, to, to as we said at the beginning, switch off your brain and not think about. The awful reality of Boris Johnson remaining as prime minister, like all of these, all of these things, topical. All of these things are uh, are are nice enough, and if and if your show is funny enough, and if it you're warm to the characters in a way, like that's really what it's about is sitting down and and you know hanging out with your friends who are imaginary on TV, just like us on this imaginary podcast. Like it's all yeah. part of the media scape, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. I would say that this is like this is worth the watch. Like maybe, like I said, not like tonight. Stop doing this podcast and go and watch it. But like, if you want something to put on, this is good. This is good TV by and large. Um, and maybe the last season less so um, because of the looming sort of shadow of COVID and the way they had to shoot it. And uh, you know, it's been a darkest timeline for a couple of years now. But like, especially the peak stuff, like the seasons two and three of this, really fun. Uh, really enjoyable and kind of like you know a good example of this kind of workplace sitcom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what more could you ask for uh, this pilot wasn't great though um, I, we think we should get out of the way I think it, it was fine but fine. ultimately well I didn't really. watch anymore <laughs> and, I, and I know that's not yeah. the, uh, the the highest bar to reach but I was like not you know when I recommended this to you several years ago saying <clears throat> no you should watch Did this you, and then never Hundred yeah, percent. Watch it several yeah. years ago. Sam, Sam definitely did recommend it. I'm pretty sure we I, could go back in the I, archives. I, 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 I'm uh, not arguing the point. I'm just. I'm. What I'm arguing is that that isn't the reason I watched this. I think I watched it because Net, the Netflix algorithm said, "Why don't you watch this?" And I was like, "Well, yeah. I'm so desperate for something to watch and can't be bothered searching through Netflix for 40 hours." Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't think you watched it because of Sam's recommendation, but I I do remember Sam recommending it. Um, and then not following up on that recommendation. We call that the um, Breaking Bad phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, the most famous example, where Sam watched about half of the pilot episode of that, said, this is pretty good. I watched six seasons of it, um, and then Sam never watched another second of it. 
<laughs> I'm okay with that. Let's go back to 3rd of February 2021 where you said, so Superstore, uh, pretty funny, uh, <laughs> at half past 12 at night. So I'm going to call that, and I can't find my message where I said you should watch this, but I think that, that I feel vindicated by that. That's what I feel vindicated. You feel vindicated by a message from me telling people to telling you to watch it proves somehow that you told me to watch it. Exactly. Thank That's you very much for agreeing with me. Odd logic Dave. I there, that. Sam. So there we go. We've watched Superstore. We're moving on now from that discussion about how right I was. And uh, <laughs> next week we'll be back with something else. I'm very impressed we got 42 minutes out of this. I think this is a pretty middle of the road show. And yet we're able to mind the depths of our amazing knowledge of television to once again deliver 45 minutes of top quality podcasting (laughs) and we'll see you next week